Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times bestselling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves. Then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Well, hello there, and welcome to the podcast that doesn't believe in the starving artist. No, it is a podcast that really wants you to be able to write books and support yourself financially and um, all those things. And if you believe in that too, I think you'll love my book on good authority. Same name as this podcast. You can't say, I can't remember that. Uh, You also might like not my, I think you'd really like my book to business class because if you're saying, well, sure, yeah, I mean, you and this money talk, yeah, I guess making money's cool, but how am I supposed to build a business from my book? Well, that's what this course shows you how to do. You can get both by going to ongoodauthoritypod.com. Now, today is a re-release of a previous essay episode with the absolutely delightful Ashley Hearn. This is the only interview that exists with a novelist. Everybody else has been a nonfiction writer. And that's how you know how special she is that I would agree to such a thing. Now, she, we get into it in this episode. So, uh, but this is all about if you've ever said, well, I want a mentor to help me. There's no one I've ever met who's better at this than Ashley. And if you've ever said, I'd like my book in bookstores. There's nobody that's better at doing that than Ashley. So I hope you absolutely love this interview and that you're motivated um, to follow. She will take over the world. So one day when she has taken over the world, um, I hope this is part of the world's documenting of that. But enough from me. Now I give you Ashley Hearn. Okay, my darling mentee, what a pleasure this is to do this. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Anna. I'm super we should here. <laughs> we we met because you are a listener of this podcast, and you wrote me the most charming note I had ever seen. And then I would say we have officially become mentor mentee in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's tell these lovely people your story. Uh, you're, you just graduated from college last year, right? Um, two years ago, actually. So 2019, 
Um, it's been such a weird year, I feel like. But as soon as I graduated college, I moved out to Seattle in 2020 and then just started looking for publishers, I guess. For I'm a fiction writer, so I, I didn't really have any guidance or anything. And I, I think it was... I feel like there was something I was Googling that was like best podcast for book publishing or how do you publish a book or something. And you were like one of the people, the first people that came up in some article I read. And I was like, oh, she looks cool. Let me listen to all of her episodes. And I pretty much did. I like went back through literally all of your episodes and I was like, oh my God, this woman's amazing. I, so, so you wrote me this note and you told me, you know, I'm in the process of publishing a novel and you explained to me a way of publishing I had never heard about. I've now since heard about it. And, and, but I'm like, girl, you've got to start doing nonfiction and you've promised me that's coming, but <laughs> yes. let's talk. So, but you were a big James Bond fan and you loved action stuff. So you tell, tell them about your book. Yeah. So it's called Genesis Mortalis. It's book one of the Take It trilogy. And it's a really fun, adventurous story. It's about these twin billionaire heiresses. Um, they're British and they're also mixed race. They're named Madison and Marcel Montevega. And they start a secret vigilante organization where they target some of the world's most corrupt and wealthy criminals and businessmen. Um, and it's kind of ironic because they are really wealthy, but it's more of just a hobby for them. And so it takes them on all these different cool missions around the world. Um, the first book, you see them predominantly going to um, Brazil and the Amazon rainforest. And then they take a mission to America. And they also predominantly go on a mission in Russia, which is probably the most extensive mission throughout the book. And yeah, I won't reveal any plot twists or anything, but they... I would say Russia's their most dangerous mission where it kind of challenges their top spy skills per se. So, yeah. And you are the first fiction author on this show and you may be the only one. And the reason <laughs> that you get this great honor, look at my kitty listeners. You can't see how cute he is, um, is, is that you are just, you're brilliant at launching this book and fiction writers just tend not to be. So, but, but so the way you got this book deal, let's talk about how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of just submitting to every publisher, like I could find, like, I kind of just Googled really big publishers, but not too big. So that, you know, it was also so realistic for me. And at the time I was definitely going towards traditional publishers, like, like all authors, beginning authors, I thought that was the way to go. It was like, oh, I'm going to land this huge book deal with this huge publisher. And I just didn't really hear back from a lot of them. I did get rejected from a few, which I was like, okay, well, at least I got a response. And then my friend actually forwarded me a post she saw on LinkedIn, and it was for something called the Book Creators Course. And it's led by Georgetown professor Eric Kester. And basically the program helps people who apply for it, it helps them write a book, whatever their book idea is, nonfiction, fiction, um, memoir. And basically they take those top books from the program and they publish them through their publisher, New Degree Press, which is a hybrid publisher. And so I finished actually the first two books in my series in 2020. So I was kind of like, well, I already have a manuscript to go off of. So can I just submit to your publisher and not go through the program? And 
they were like, yeah, sure. And so I had submitted and a month later just kept following up and I finally got greenlit to publish with them. So it, it was a different experience. It wasn't how I thought at first. Like I wasn't really sure if I should be excited. Cause I was like, this isn't like a traditional publisher and they're like making me raise money for my book. Like I thought they were supposed to pay for that. And so at first I was actually like really disappointed. <laughs> and then I came across your show and just digging into the, your podcast and just being explained for the first time, the truth about traditional publishing and how they can take all the rights to your books and basically do whatever they want with it and not market it. I was just kind of like, wow, I think I got really lucky with where I'm at right now. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I was a little uncomfortable with raising the money for the book. So yeah. they did take us through like that campaign. We have a whole month where we're supposed to basically like bug all of our friends and family and pre-sell the book and raise money for the book that way. And, you know, as a, an author and a writer, I feel like you don't really realize how extroverted you have to be to market your book. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah, it took me by surprise. It was that was hard for me. I feel like that was really challenging. Um, but you are yeah. an extrovert, right? Or are you going to be one of those surprising introverts? I'm a surprising introvert. I don't know why people think I'm an extrovert. I'm so introverted, <laughs> but I don't Queen, know. I-, I had a party <laughs> in LA and you flew out to it showed up and charmed the whole crowd to the point that I was then invited to a brunch with you and friends of mine that you had met and befriended. And you are to ask me why I think you're extroverted. Okay. I've learned a lot of social skills. I feel like over the last couple of years, for sure. But I would say at heart, I'm an introvert. Like, I feel like I'm just one of those normal writers who just like wants to hide and in my little cubby and just write all day. But I've learned a lot of extroverted skills, which has helped me, I feel like, a lot in this process. But yeah. And so how much money did you have to raise? Um, so for my for mine specifically, I raised six thousand dollars. Um, so they kind of went on different levels. So it's five thousand if you wanted to just publish an ebook and a soft cover, and then six thousand if you want to also publish a hardcover. And then I think 8,000 if you want to also publish an audiobook. And I didn't really think I was going to even be able to raise five or 6,000. So I was like, I'll just go towards the middle. And so I settled for 6,000 for the hardcover as well and ended up superseding that by about $600 or so. And I mean, they were really helpful. They do pair you with like a marketing and revisions editor who kind of like holds your hand throughout the entire process and is like, all right, like this week we're going to bug these people and like, let's make a whole list of who we're going to reach out to and blah, blah, blah. So they were very help. They were very helpful in the process. I definitely appreciated that. So mm-hmm. it's like you send out an email and you say, well, I got it. So I remember how charming it was, you know, it was just like, and you post on social media and you say, what, what do you, if somebody wants to do this? And by the way, I did have somebody named Jesse Krieger on this podcast who, who runs a company that does this exact model. Um, what is it? Do you say no amount is too small? You can donate between this, this, and this, and then what do they get? Do they just get a thank you or what else do they get? Um, so I mostly, I wanted to stray away from donations. I really wanted people to actually buy the book. So we did kind of 
sell the book at that time for, I think it was $39, which is really overpriced, but it's obviously to help you reach that goal. And so I was really kind of telling people like, Hey, you know, if you buy my book, you get all these perks, such as your name in the back of the book, which is going to be a really big deal in five years. And my book is like huge. And you get a thank you letter. If you buy, I think two copies. Um, but even though I did, I tried to put thank you letters in all the books that I signed just because, you know, it's a big deal that people even helped me through that process. Um, and we were supposed to do an in-person book launch, but that never actually happened because the pandemic lasted a little longer um, than we thought it was. So that perk kind of fell through. Um, I think there were a couple other things in there, but people just seemed excited just, just even hearing that I was writing a book. So I think, um, I know I've seen, I've heard in your podcast before, like, I think we as authors think like people are just going to be super excited because we have a book, but you do find out like everyone's like publishing a book. So it's really not that big of a deal, but I feel like that for the crowd that I know, like most people don't know anyone publishing a book. So it's been really big in my circle, I guess. So, well, and yeah. it's your first book. Everybody wait till your seventh. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> Everyone, you know, it's like, oh, another book party. Okay. On your first one, soak that in because people are so excited. And, you know, and, and the New York Times said that 81% of people want to write a book. So a lot of those people kind of see you do it and they go, wow, it's possible. Ashley did it. Um, so, so you raise that money and then, um, and then let's, what, what I do want to focus on is how you were able to get it in bookstores. You listened to this, the previous podcast episode about how you can just march into a bookstore and get your book in there. And it's one of these things. It's this conversation I have with people all the time where they say, I want to traditionally publish because I want my book in bookstores. And it's like, uh, by the way, you're more likely to get your book in a bookstore if you publish it yourself. So what exactly did you do? So literally as simple as you made it in your episode, I forget which episode it was, but I basically, I just made a list of all the bookstores I wanted to go to and went straight in. I was like, Hey, I, I'm a new local author. Um, I just published this, this fiction book kind of told them what it was about. How do I get it into your bookstore? Or would we be able to work out something to be able to get it into your bookstore? And it seems like a lot of a lot of bookstores have been really receptive to that. Some of them, like the smaller independent bookstores may not always be able to afford to just buy your book. So like sometimes I'll just give them copies. Um, but for the most part, I've had luck just with people ordering it off Ingram. So it's, it's been like really easy almost. <laughs> so do you walk in and you say, can I talk to your bookstore buyer? Who, how do you introduce yourself? What do you, how do you do the thing? Yeah. So I, I usually ask for the manager, usually at the smaller independent bookstores, there's usually always a manager that's in the store and that handles that kind of stuff. Um, when it comes to like Barnes and Noble, usually just the customer service desk, I guess. And they're usually able to just order it themselves there. If they feel comfortable doing that, I've had a couple locations open to doing that. And a couple that were like, eh, we're not sure we have to contact our buyer first. And so I don't know a whole lot about the process of them contacting the buyer, but I've just, I've had luck with just people saying they would just order it off Ingram. So just telling people it's available for them to buy on Ingram. 
are you literally holding the book as you're doing it? Do you say, and, and so when do you know I'm going to, so, so let's say they go, I can't order it, but this is so great that you came in. Is that when you say, well, let me leave copies and you can just have them or you can sell them or how does that work? Um, I've done that a couple times. I usually try to bring like one or two copies with me. Um, on some of the rounds I've done, I've kind of ran out of books because I'd already given them away to so many bookstores. And so I kind of just brought my business cards and my little bookmarks and everything with my book and my picture on it. And um, just always have the ISBN ready to go on Amazon and just telling them like, hey, it's available online already on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble. Um, and it's already available to buy on Ingram. So you can always buy it that way. Um, but I, I have tended to get more of a positive response when I have the physical book. I think people really like seeing that. Do you have a buy sheet? Did you create a sheet or you just have the book and swag and stuff like that? Just the book and swag. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, here's some hot off the press news uh, because I re-released Party Girl. We I always try all these new things uh, with my books so that I know if they work so that we can then do them for our clients. And we created a buy sheet and sent it around to all the local bookstores and we're getting nothing back. No response. Really? So I think... I think that there's, you cannot underestimate the importance of walking in with a big smile, holding your book. Um, So how many stores are you in now? Um, I've honestly lost track. I've tried to keep track on my website. Um, I posted like a big list of what bookstores you can physically go in. And I think roughly 10 so far and maybe a couple more that are still ordering it and still waiting for them to come in. Um, and that's just spitballing off the list I've gone off of the last couple of weeks. And I will point out too, I've had other people, like you said, like ask friends and family to do it as well. Don't usually get as good of a response. I feel like doing that. Um, it def- yeah. It definitely helps being the author going on yourself. It's like, man, I wish I could still hire people to do that for me and not have to go everywhere myself. I know. I mean, the thing, I'll tell you the truth. When I saw, when I knew you were doing this and I saw you doing this, I thought, I don't really know that I have the gumption to walk into store after store after store. As you know, I did it very accidentally at Barnes & Noble. I was just talking to the guy, but it takes, it takes a certain a certain something. And is there something that you sort of tell yourself before you walk in to prep yourself for it? Um, I usually try not to think about it. I used to be such an overthinker. So for me, it was kind of just like forcing myself to just get out of the car with my book and introduce myself and try to be as normal as possible and not, not try to sell anything, which kind of sounds weird, but like, Right. Selling myself more as an author and just even, you know, dropping that, hey, I'm local so that, you know, I can come in and do an event to promote your bookstore later down the road. That usually tends to help a lot, too. But, yeah, I try not to overthink it too much. But you're in L.A. stores, too. So is it Portland and L.A.? Are those the cities? Yeah. So I've I did hit L.A. first before I even hit Seattle, which is so weird because I live in Seattle now. But I feel like. In LA, I kind of had this whole weekend where I was completely free and I was like, I'm just going to 
go to these bookstores and I didn't get around to very many in LA, but the ones I did go to were all super responsive. And as you know, like book soup was probably one of the most iconic ones that I heard you talk about. And I was like, yeah. I need to get my book in a book soup. And I did. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and you just walked in there and they said, yes. Yeah. The, I chatted with the front desk people and they, I actually had run out of copies of my book by the time I got to them. Um, so I pretty much just like dropped in my car and said like, Hey, like, let's talk with your manager later when they come in. Um, and just ended up emailing them later and they ended up buying copies of my book and they let me know when they did. And yeah, that's kind of how that happened. How many copies are the stores buying or are they not telling you? You don't know. Um, some of them will usually tell me like they'll buy like one to three copies to start and just like if the, if people come in and buy your book, they'll buy more copies of your book. So I don't think there's ever been more than three copies bought at any place at one time. Yeah. Which is normal. I think people go, Oh, they're going to carry my book. They'll order thousands. It's like, no, you there's so <laughs> many books coming out and these stores are tiny. A lot of the indie stores, book soup is tiny. Um, mm-hmm. so what other, what other launch, uh, launch fun things did you do? Yeah. So I feel like honestly for the launch, I didn't really get to do as much as I wanted to. Um, I really wanted to be able to do the advanced reader team. That's like the main thing that I've been like getting from all of your podcasts and all like watching all of your clients, which is why I've been so involved in like your process of being in, in your launch squad and stuff, just because I didn't really, I guess, know when my book was going to publish per se, if that makes sense. It was kind of weird. So with my publisher, I guess um, they walk you through all the steps to get it on the back end of Amazon KDP. Um, and I don't know for, I guess since my book was a lot longer than most other authors, mine got pushed a little further back than all the other authors who released on a certain date. And so I didn't really know when mine was coming out. And then all of a sudden it was out and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really sure what to do from here to promote it because it's kind of late, isn't it? But yeah, so I I didn't feel like I prepared enough for it just because I was so caught up in the editing process and didn't really plan so much for when it would come out and how to make that day actually special. Um, so that's one thing I would do over. And especially for the second book, I'm trying to think like, okay, now that I know how this process works, um, it's a hybrid publisher. So it's, you know, you're still mostly accountable for it yourself, like that process. So now that I kind of have gone through the process, I know like how to plan for that, um, more ahead and it would have consisted more of a book launch. I really wanted a party, um, I didn't host, I didn't want to do a virtual party. I, I've, I'm so over virtual. Like I think everyone is. So yeah. I was really banking on doing an in-person party. And then Seattle went into another like mask mandate. So I kind of just like held off on it. So yeah, but that's still in my plate for down the road. I think that sounds so stressful. You didn't know when the book was coming out, was it supposed to go that way? Um, no. I think like all the other authors in the cohort kind of knew, but just because mine was, mine got pushed back probably three weeks because my book was so long. It's, it's 300 pages. So like, I guess it's kind of long and um, for the process they had planned, it just didn't come out on the release date that all the other authors did. So 
Yeah. So everybody from that class, basically, mm-hmm. they were all supposed to come out on the same day. Yeah, pretty much. Or the same week, at least. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so mine was about three weeks behind and just playing catch up with like finishing editing and uploading it to the back end of KDP. And I was like, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm going to upload this book. And all of a sudden it's on Amazon. I'm like, oh, Oh, so they have you do it all yourself, all yeah. the uploading. And yeah. by the way, it's a little bit confusing. I'm oh, yeah. glad I have a team who does it because I get very confused doing it. Yeah, yeah. They did. They had a very helpful, like, hour-long video you're supposed to watch that takes you through it step-by-step. And it was so confusing. Like, the Amazon backend is really confusing to me. <laughs> Oh, I know. Imagine when you're republishing a book like this has been um, so chaotic. And and I will say one thing about, well, I'll say a lot of things about you and how amazing you are. Um, (laughs) The party. So the way Amazon works is automatically it lists reviews in order of importance, they Mm -hmm. call it. And what they mean is that is the review that the most people have clicked on and said, this is helpful. And yours from the day you posted it has been the top review on party girl and no, nobody, nobody can kick you out of that space because it's so, and I mean, this is the thing. And this is, I guess, as much about getting in podcasts as it is about how to get a mentor who really cares about your success is, you know, to you listener, you know, Ashley didn't ask for one thing from me. People come to me all the time and they're like, Hey, will you be my mentor? And I'm just like, I've got 800 things to do today and 801 is not going to be helping someone I don't know. It's just the reality. Instead, you came to me with such a generous spirit, so much like wide-eyed, you know, enthusiasm for life with confidence, but no cockiness. And you just showed up like you wrote a very long, thorough review because you cared, not because you were trying to like kiss my ass like you just and and it just it god it just shows and what before we start recording I was just saying you know you you know have won all these awards you were the editor of your paper and it's like you're so clearly someone who does everything you do with excellence and it's really <laughs> impressive it's thank rare you. it's thank true. you um and and you just yeah you so 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 are you going to publish your second book with that same company? Does it work the same way? Um, I haven't really thought about it, honestly. I, I feel like I'm still trying to get through book one right now and just market that a little better and get my reviews up and stuff. Um, so I haven't really even thought about book two at all for publishing. And with it being a series, I wasn't sure like how that would work with like publishing with the same company or a different one. Um, but yeah, those aren't decisions I've even thought about right now. Mm-mm. It kind of sounds to me like you've learned enough that you could just do it on your own uh, for, for a lot uh, less money. Maybe. For $6,000. I, I mean, I don't know. I think you can. So, so what advice would you give, um, anybody who is planning to launch a book, wants to write a book, says, I'm too young to do this because maybe they think you can't do it at that age. What, what would you tell people? Oh, oh my gosh. You're never too young. You're never too young. Honestly, I just, I think you have to learn how to prioritize your writing. You do. Cause the thing that held me back for so long, um, even though I started this book when I was like in middle school, which seems like, oh my God, ages ago, 
it was mostly because at first I didn't take the idea seriously, but also because my writing style was still growing. And so it wasn't really until college that I started flourishing, where I started taking all those creative writing classes and um, getting in, getting to explore like what works for me and what didn't. So I would say prioritizing your writing. If you're still in college, take writing classes. Um, even adults have writing classes now. You even have your the winners group, the inner circle group, you know? Yep. And so people have to get involved in that. They have to prioritize um, you know, making sure that they're doing something towards whatever kind of book they want to do every day. And then I would just say also studying people who you kind of not mimic, but who kind of inspire you. So even for me, like I would say this isn't totally my genre at all, but the drama book series called The Lux by Anna Godberson, that was one of my favorite book series growing up. And just being able to read those books over and over has kind of developed, helped develop my writing style, mm-hmm. I think. And so even though it's not even an action book, like the way mine is, it just having that kind of example and being able to follow her kind of writing style and try that out for my own really helped me. And also just, you know, finding like, like I did finding a mentor. That's, that was one of the most important things for me. I mean, just especially with launching my book. Um, And I kind of heard it was about a year ago. So Darren Hardy's a a really big, successful CEO and his book, The Compound Effect, really kind of helped push me, I think, into the direction that I'm in now. Basically, um, one of his podcasts from the Darren Daily Show basically said like, you know, if you want success, you have to find someone who's created that same success and basically go deep with them. And that's kind of what I did with you. I was like, I discovered your podcast. I listened to all your episodes, basically stalked you on the internet and was like, this woman's amazing. She has everything that I want in life and I need to learn about her. (laughs) So that's all it is, you know, just finding people who've done it before you true though I mean and that is all so lovely but it's like like I, I I've said you you made me very invested in your future and that is possible for anyone and you know it's like I'm not you know Elizabeth Gilbert like you're, you're not gonna get it with like you know Glennon Doyle or whoever is just never gonna notice but there are people out there who are doing what you want and are going to really notice if you put that kind of genuine interest and excitement into supporting them. And it's just, there's a great book. You'll love this book. Uh, the Robert Cialdini book. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's all about, um, influence. And he talks about how the Hare Krishnas, you're way too young to remember this, but Hare Krishnas were these like hippies that were in a cult in the seventies and they would go through airports and they would hand out flowers and, to try to get you to like talk to them about being a Hare Krishna. And, um, and it was, it was creepy. I'm so sorry if anyone listening was a Hare Krishna, but it was creepy. What it, what Childini's studies showed is that even for people who took a flower and immediately threw it away, they were more likely to engage with the person. People, you give something to somebody and they just want to give it back. And our problem is that we all go around um, wanting help without giving anything. And it is the, it is the greatest advice. So, so this has been delightful. People want to find you. Where should they go? 
Yes. So I have a website. It's www.aehern.com. H-E-A-R-N, by the way. Um, And um, and then I will I'll have show notes, which will direct everybody to your book. Go get her wonderful book. Go follow everything she's taking over the world. So you are going to be able to be like, I heard her on Anna David's podcast. So thank thank you you so much. Thank you so much. And thanks Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.